G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Not too bad, not too bad yourself. Mate, I'm bracing myself. Just before we started this podcast, <laughs> we sat down, we had a little look at the teams with the buyers coming up this week. You know, we had an idea of who had the buyers this week. But oh, just running through some of the team names, Collingwood, Essendon, Giants, Melbourne, I mean, even Brisbane and North Melbourne to some extent, they're, they're teams that a lot of people have fantasy players for. Yeah, there's a lot of relevant guys there. This is the round we've all been dreading, <laughs> and, it, and it's finally here. Luckily, it wasn't the first round of the buys, so we do have a chance to bring some guys in who have just had theirs. We'll see what we can do to help you out with this podcast. But I think what we want to do now is jump straight into the first game of the round, mm-hmm. which was the Friday night game, Port versus Richmond. And yeah, Port Adelaide got up. It's, uh, I think, the third time. Yeah, it was a really good win. The third time this year, I think, the Tigers have lost away. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, um, but they are a great team, the MCG. I mean, we saw them at the G last week. They were amazing. Absolutely. But, and that's where the big games are played. So, yeah. Damn right, can't go wrong. Uh, so for Port, I mean, the biggest player on the ground by far was Ollie Wines. He mm. was everywhere. I, I made that call earlier in the year where uh, Wines was going to outscore Rockliffe. I think, you know, Ollie Wines has had his ups and downs this season, but he has been more... Con- I don't think he's had the dominant year you're expecting. But, Not quite. Um, Rockliffe had a very poor start to the year, so you're probably still ahead there, but yeah. we'll see if he comes home stronger. <laughs> I, I really hope Rockliffe comes home stronger for every fantasy coach out there who got him in a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, But that was a great game from Ollie Wines, and there'd be a lot mm-hmm. of draft owners who want to see more of this going forward. Yep. Um, Are you interested in salary cap yet? No, not quite. I mean, he, no, is, me he is very cheap in salary cap. He's under 600k in mm-hmm. salary cap. But it, no, it just doesn't do me for do it for me with the inconsistency. One of the interesting ones, and I know we do have a question on this, so I won't spend too much time on it, is Chad Wingard, one hundred twenty-one. That was a, yes. It was a big change of role as well. He went straight into the midfield, and he pretty much stayed there all night. So, I mean, we'll, we'll answer this a little bit more when we get to the question section of the podcast. Yes. But geez, if he's playing that role, that is that is juicy. That it is. Um, I have very little faith in the port roles. I have very players. little faith in Ken Hinckley. Yeah, because it could change at the drop of a hat. And yeah, we saw that with Rocky last week. Mm-hmm. We saw it. We've seen it over a few weeks now with um, Robbie Gray. Gray yeah. So yeah, I'm not quite sold on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sold, but at the same time, cheesy oh, cheap and geez, if he's in the midfield, he's going to get a lot of points, particularly because through the whole buy rounds, they're playing in Adelaide every single week. So, something to keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, big scores from some other draft guys. Darcy Byrne-Jones was great with 108, 95 to Paddy Ryder. A player that a lot of people bought in this week was Justin Westhoff to mm. cover the uh, cover some of the holes in the forward line going into the first week of the buys. Uh, he was incredible for the first couple of quarters. He kind of tailed off a little bit. I think he was. Yeah. I think he had almost a fifty point first quarter. I think he was on seventy eight at halftime. Yeah, so, something and, yeah, ridiculous. Forty something or rather in the first quarter I saw, but um, yeah, definitely slowed down the second half mm. of the game. Um, I don't mind him this year. I mean, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but off the top of my head, I think he's had a pretty good year. Well, going into this round, he was averaging just a shade over 100 in the past 10 weeks. Uh, so he's been very, very consistent. Uh, he He's a little bit more expensive. I mean, he is around about that 650k mark. I can tell you exactly how much he is. Oh, there we go. 654,000. Uh, average of 101. Mm. Break even is 105. Wow. Plays the Bulldogs next. All right, playing the oh geez, that's a good, <laughs> that's a really really good game to go into because we know what the Bulldogs have had a lot of injuries to their key position stocks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do like Justin Westhoff for some cover through the buy rounds, but you are paying for him, and I I think it's almost more like he's not cover for you at that point when you're paying that much. He's someone you think is going to be in your team for a very long time. Yeah, he is. I mean, just looking at his numbers here, he's had. One, two, three, four, five, six tons this year. Mm, not bad. Um, five under a hundred. Three of those were eighty-seven plus, though. Mm. He's only had he's only two bad scores of seventy-five and seventy-eight this year, and that's still pretty good. That's not you know yeah. so, like Robbie Gray, who's gotten a couple of low sixties or high fifties. You know yeah, exactly. So he's um, over the buy rounds. He plays 
um, Bulldogs this week and then Melbourne the week after. Ooh, uh, Melbourne's tough. Melbourne's tough. But then he go, he has Carlton, St Kilda, Frio, um, mm. Giants, which is potentially another tough one. Then he has the Bulldogs again. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Adelaide and Eagles, probably not great ones. But then his prelim and final round for fantasy. Magpies. Oh, we got Magpies. Oh, the best Essendon. Oh, his run home is pretty good. Those are two great teams to come up against in the finals. He's got four. a pretty solid run home. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind it at year. all. Yeah, I don't mind but it. But just buyer beware, he does have a history of going on tears for a while and then completely falling away in the second half of the this year. Is a, this is a lot longer than his regular tears, though. He's yeah, not, and it's not like a crazy tear. It's more like a sustained medium tear. Mm. He, he's not going on a 110-plus three-week spree and then going back down to scoring 60 to 70 or so. Yeah. Um, this is a lot more consistent from Justin Westhoff. So I think you've talked me around to it, actually. I've definitely got some faith going forward in him. Uh, I mean, some other really good scores. Power Pepper, Sam Gray were really solid. Tommy Rockliffe saved his score in the last <laughs> three minutes of this game. Did you watch any of this no, game? No, I was out for dinner. It was... I'm positive that Tom Rockliffe was on somewhere about 67 or 66 with about three and a half minutes to go in the game. He junk-timed it up. He junk-timed it up. He got a couple of quick marks and kicks. He got a couple of tackles. I think he'd only had one tackle <laughs> to that point in the game, and he ended yeah. up on three. Yeah. So he just made his way there. He did what he's renowned for doing. Had a shot on goal and missed the goal, so got his mm-hmm. behind for the game. Uh, I mean, a 92 is still a really solid score. It's a good bounce back from mm. last week. Not quite what people were hoping, but as, as we said before, um, they come up against Bulldogs this week, so yeah. you'd expect a, a better score. And also, he's met his break-even last week, which was 90, so you can assume that this should be the low point for Tom Rockliffe. I, I know that we said that a couple of weeks ago, and we've got, our, so. we've got our fingers crossed touching, touching wood everywhere. But 540,000 break-even is 81. Or, yeah, he should meet that against the Bulldogs. So you should think this is the low point. He's going to start going up from here. I'd say this is the week to bring in Tom Rockwood, particularly to just give you cover through the buys. Cheap as chips as well. Yep. Uh, Robbie Gray, we don't really need to talk too much more about him other than to say last week we were discussing whether you should keep him for the buys mm-hmm. or lose him for the buys. It's... If you made the choice to look, to uh, trade him last week, that was the right choice. So, Matt, yep. you were 100% right. Mm-hmm. If you've still got... Uh, uh, Robbie Gray this week. That is a harder choice to make because of the um, sheer amount of outs that you have in this week's buy. Like, yeah. you can't really afford to have that many non-playing players just on your ground. So, if you're uh, trading away Robbie Gray, you're probably leaving someone like a, a Spargo or a, like almost topped-out rookie who's going to yeah. get a zero on your team. So. It's a tough call it to make. It is a tough one, definitely. Yeah. But I would suggest if you've still got him in your team, I think you just have to hold until the end of the buys. Yeah, for I mean, he's going to bleed cash. His break even is 133, but he's 590,000, so he's like he's not super expensive. Yeah, but you've probably got a little bit of wriggle room before you're not able to actually get anything for him. Mm. Yeah, good call. Um, moving on to the Tigers, as always with uh, with Richmond, they do tend to be a more draft oriented team. Reese Conker was the highest scorer with 104. That was a good score for him. Had a good few weeks. He has actually. He's been quite consistent, which is really good for a lot of draft owners out there. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Short's actually been pretty good the past few weeks as well. So yeah, now I always get a mixed up. Is Short the one that was out injured for a while, or is that Castagna? Uh, Castagna was the one that was out injured for a while. Short is the one who has been playing in defence for right, most yeah. of this year. So gotcha. he's he's actually been very good rebounding out of defence yeah, this year. Been, I think I might have used him as a risk at a couple of months ago. I think you did. I don't think he worked out for I think you. That's what I think. That's the one week he's had a bad week. It's to me a few times. Oh, it's happened to everyone a few times, mate. But apart from those 200s there, the next best score was Kane Lambert on 87, Jack Reward on 81. So mm-hmm. really, uh, the the Tigers, particularly when they're losing games, they just aren't a, a fantasy-friendly team. Um, you're basing that on all three games that they've lost this year. Yes, but also just games that they win as well. They don't tend to be... They don't tend to have that standout uh, player, particularly from a salary cap point of view, someone that you want in your team at the end of the year. They've got a lot of uh, draft guys, a lot of deeper draft guys as well, but... Um, yeah, just uh, I don't, don't want to speak ill of a, a fantasy team out there, but as far as Richmond go, probably not too many players you want to have in your team at the end of the year there. Uh, do you spot anyone you want to have a chat about? Uh, not particularly, no. no. I think you covered it pretty well. I think we might move on to Geelong North Melbourne, which was 
I mean, apart the scoreline does say that they beat them by, you know, almost 40 points, but it felt like North Melbourne were pretty competitive in this game. Yeah, I think they were in, in, in it up until, I don't know, three-quarter time. Yeah, they, uh, the Cats really did burst home uh, in, last in the quarter. last quarter, but they did seem to be quite a bit competitive. Uh, uh, the big scorers came out to play in this game for Geelong. Uh, Gary Ablett just... Back to, back to good old Gary Ablett. I mean, 137 Dream Team points. That was incredible. Uh, Tommy Hawkins was really good in this game as well. And just sneakily is averaging just on 80 points this year. So for really deep draft leagues, if he's still available out there, oh, yeah. I don't mind him being your last forward. Uh, Mitch Duncan, he seems to be just consistently hitting that 100 to 105 mark this yeah, year. Yeah, he's not really going too much higher than that, but he's pretty safe bet around that. He's a safe bet, but, you know, he's someone that a lot of us would have pegged in for, you know, hitting the same marks as last year almost, that 115 average. Yeah, hasn't um, quite gotten there. Yeah, so not quite the salary cap guy this year as he was last year. Dangerfield, 103. He's another one who's not hitting those same heights, and it... He played a lot forward this week, but it's very likely that he's going to play midfield next week and the week after. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will be hoping, oh, maybe in the third lot of uh, DPP <laughs> additions, we, we'll, uh, we'll have Dangerfield as a forward. I, I don't think so. He gets His role gets chopped and changed too much for that to happen. Um, so don't uh, don't hold your breath on that one there. No, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, Tommy Stewart, though. Uh, we talk about him just just to slip it in every single week. I mean, he's, he's just having a great year. So consistent. Draft owners would love everything. Yeah, I just checked. He's owned by 93% of Ultimate Footy League. So, mm. yeah, you've well and truly missed the boat on him, but yeah. he's had a great year. Absolutely. A uh, little uh, sneaky plug here for uh, watch lists in uh, waiver wires in draft leagues is uh, Jordan Cunico. He's owned by 53% of leagues, so there are mm-hmm. still a few that have him available. And he's a pretty good scorer when he's on the park. So uh, when he's playing, I don't mind having him in your team because he seems to slip under the radar a fair bit and he knows how to find the pill. So yeah, he has had a good year. Yeah, uh, if you've got a really deep uh, draft league, don't mind going out and grabbing Jordan Cunico. Uh, Joel Selwood was actually tagged by Ben Jacobs, which was an interesting choice. Mm. Uh, I thought that he might have gone to Gary Ablett, but yeah. Ablett got off the chain. Joel Selwood suffered a little bit, still got to a pretty respectable 96. Like, you're mm. happy with that. Um, just like you're probably happy with uh, with Sam Menegola, who Tom Rockliffe his way up to 86 points in the last, what, 10 minutes of the game, something <laughs> like that. I mean, this, this guy was on, uh, I think, 46 points at three-quarter time. So yeah, he good last quarter. junk-timed his way up yeah. to that. Score. And it sort of goes back to... Hasn't been a quite as consistent a theory as we had expected, but sort of on and off throughout the course of the year that there's just not enough ball to feed everyone in that midfield. Yeah. they. I mean, case in point, they really ran away with this game in the last quarter, and that's when Menegola mm-hmm. started to really get the ball. So yeah. and up until then, not really doing it. And Dangerfield was playing a fair bit up forward, so they are realising that you can't just play all of these guys in the midfield at once. You do need to rotate it a fair bit, so that is going to affect fantasy scores for Geelong Cats players. Um, Moving on to North Melbourne, I mean, the only really massive score here was Sean Higgins, who was huge with um, 123. Just before we move on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Just very quickly check. Tim Kelly is still owned by 35% of teams. Oh, yeah, Tim Kelly. Break-even this week is 66. He made his break-even last week. So don't feel you need to move him on. He can stay on your team for a bit longer. <laughs> yep, and I'm glad that I don't have to make that public apology as well. I was dead <laughs> right with that. I uh, I guaranteed that Tim Kelly would meet his break-even of 71 last week, and he did. Pretty yeah, happy about yes. that. <laughs> they do play Richmond this week, um, which isn't ideal for them. But No, but Tim Kelly's the sort of guy, he, he's not really a, a you know... Seagulling on the outside player, and he needs his team to be yeah. to be performing well every single week to but score. He, he'll get sixty six. Yeah. So um, yeah, he can stay in the team for a bit longer. Absolutely, he can. Uh, plus, you know, he kind of has to this week because Geelong don't have the buy, and you need to keep as many playing uh, players who are actually playing on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so North Melbourne, like I said, Sean Higgins, hundred twenty three. He was yeah. outstanding, and he has been a really good draft forward this year. So. He's not someone that I would trust in my salary cap team, but for drafts, he's been fantastic. Agreed. Um, massive drop-off after that. Ooh, 123 down to 87 for Cunnington. That's huge. Um, and I mean... Cunning- hey, Goldie, 82. Yeah. He lives. He, well, he's, uh, he's he exists, but he's not doing well. Um, I mean, 
it's not a good life. It's, no, it's definitely good. <laughs> it's, Trust but, me, I'm still having one. I know. <laughs> oh, no, Matt. Um, well, I, he does have the buy this week, so maybe that's the chance. Oh, that's that, a perfect opportunity. That is the on. opportunity to move him on, Finally. Um, so, Todd Goldstein, he's scored 82. Time to move him on, please, if you still have Todd Goldstein. I, I checked last on. week. He's only owned by like one point something percent of teams. But it's just unfortunate one of them is me. So, basically, you. He's owned by you, is what you're saying. Pretty much. <laughs> um but interesting news for Todd Goldstein is that Brayden Proust, I heard, got injured in the VFL yes, this week. So that means I don't know how serious it was. But I, I imagine in the short term, there's no pressure on Goldstein coming from... Oh, if they haven't dropped him yet this year, his, yeah. his role is pretty safe. Yeah, it's, it is, 100%. Um, I mean, there's not too many other North guys I want to talk about, apart from quickly touch on uh, Paul Hearn, who mm-hmm. uh, followed up his really good 92 last week with just a 51... I mean, you're not overly happy with that, but he is a rookie. He had a negative break even. He's still going to be making you money. Don't get rid of a Hearn this week. He's not one of the players that you should be looking to move out with. No, the no, he's still got some money to make you next week. Oh, he's got a lot of money to make when he comes back from the buy. So, yeah, even though he'll have a zero next to his name this week because he's not playing, make sure you keep him. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we There's might... no other North guys I want to talk No, no, no. We might move on to uh, GWS Gold Coast. And this was... One of the slaughters of the round. Yeah, this was a smash. I mean, this this game just got ugly. Uh, one hundred very quickly. Twenty six, and I I don't like looking into long term kind of scores from this game because you just can't get an accurate read on them. Yeah, you got to take all of these with a grain of salt. Yeah, you've just got to enjoy it as it comes and then move on because I mean, Josh Kelly. 166, I can safely say Josh Kelly's back. He's hit his massive break-even of 140 The thing with this is, Mm -hmm. because we do have a question on this later on, but may as well just talk about it now anyway. Um, So I didn't look at his 166. I looked at his stat line. Mm. 40 touches, 27 kicks, 13 handballs, 8 marks, 7 tackles and 2 goals. As a midfielder, you almost can't get a better stat line than that. No. That's 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 pretty much perfect. It's fantastic. So taking away the, the, the score itself, mm-hmm. his breakdown of how he was getting the ball, how he was scoring, what he was doing, he covered everything, ticked yeah. all the boxes, so I agree, he is back. And he's got the perfect buy this week, the perfect chance where you, he'll get a rest this week, yep. he'll come back, you can get him in the following week into your team. Uh, yeah, so I think that's the way to go. If you, if you like the look of Josh Kelly, get him in next week, and it might also help out with Lockie Whitfield scoring as well. I mean, he's been scoring very well the past few weeks, he's got another yes. 120 this week, yep. but you know, with Josh Kelly on the field, uh, teams will need to pay notice to him. Lockie Whitfield will get less attention in that halfback role that he was doing so well at the start when Kelly was yes. in the team. So that's one to watch. I, a lot of draft guys had amazing scores this week. Cameron, Ward, 135, 129. I just Cameron this week. Oh, that's ugly, mate. Yeah, <laughs> you, it wasn't great to play uh, GWS teams this week. Um, uh, Matty DeBoer came in and smashed out a 128. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to... He's not going to do that too often. No, he's not doing well, that Actually, too before he got injured, he was having a pretty good year from memory. Yeah, he just... He doesn't seem to quite fit into the structure when they have all their guys up and about. And... Mm-hmm. This yeah, is true. Uh, so it's tough because he is a really solid... Like, he's a heart and soul player, Matty DeBoer. Mm-hmm. I, you, I like seeing him running around on the park. He's just good fun to watch. Um, another player, I mean, Dylan Shield was amazing for his 118. Adam Tomlinson at 106. Heath Shaw cracked the ton as well, and Tim Taranto got close with 97. So mm. there were a lot of really good scores for GWS. The one that disappointed me in such a landslide victory was uh, Zach Langdon. After his really good score in the 90s last week, I would yeah. have thought in a smashing that he could have made some points, but he only walked away with 52. Yeah, very underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, he's one that you could look at getting out this week. Yeah, I... Tend to agree. Um, obviously, we don't really have a break even right now. No, um, we, as we record the podcast, we haven't uh, actually got access to the AFL Fantasy break even database just yet. But his break even going into last week was 18. I actually might be able to find it. Oh, hello. Uh, so his break even for a little bit. Yeah, his break even going into last week was 18. So he has comfortably met it, even though he's just scored a 52. There are some other players out there like Jaden Stevenson, like uh, Spargo, who have maxed out a little bit quicker than Giles Langdon. So he would probably be more towards the bottom of that list, I'd say, Langdon. Although, you know, on the other hand, it's tough because Stevenson, I mean, he had a great score today in the Queen's Birthday Clash. 
Um, so maybe you want to keep him one another couple of weeks and just see what he can do after getting that really good score. Because he's got the bite. doesn't tell me what his break even is. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so basically, as, as far as I'm concerned, Giles Langdon is one of those guys you can look at chipping off this week because his scoring isn't great even when he's on the park. He's only had the one really good score. Yeah, I agree. Um, for Gold Coast, on the other hand, woof. Another one that you really can't read too much no, into. I mean, Jared Witts was terrific, but Lobb was on and off the ground injured, and he was basically rucking on a post for the second half. Exactly. He was... Uh, 64 hit-outs is just yeah, stupid. stupid. So, and Harbrow, the ball would have spent pretty much 90% of the game in their back half. So Jared Harbrow does perform very well when his team is getting smashed. I've noticed mm-hmm. that a couple of his big scores this year have really come when like Gold Coast are losing by 60 plus points. Yes, it's where he is. Exactly. And he's given a bit of free reign to try and run, break the lines and try and open something up for them. Yep. Um, but I mean, Aaron Young was good with uh, with two goals, one, 88 yep. points. Uh, Will Brody, I like the look of. It's nice to see him get a bit of a run. I oh, yeah. quite like Will Brody. Um, yeah. He just needs an opportunity. Oh, we do have a question about Ben Ainsworth as well later, so I'll, I'll address that then. But geez, <laughs> that was oh, that was a, a crushing game to watch for people who bought in Ben Ainsworth over the past couple was of it, weeks. The, the like last me. quarter, he basically didn't touch it. Yeah, oh, well, I'll I'll touch on that later. It was yeah. it was depressing. Yeah, <laughs> so I brought him in this week as well. So. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. So you you know <laughs> just know as well. Too. Oh, it's, it's painful. Um, like you say, Matt, I mean, you've got to take this with a grain of salt. A lot of Gold Coast guys just really wilted under the pressure, and the scores reflect that. David Swallow, 58 points. I mean, geez, there was more than half of Gold Coast's team scored under 58 points. That is, that's tragic, to be honest. That That's woeful. Yeah, they just... Could not get their hands on the ball. No, I think we might move on from this game. And oh, God, they got beaten in disposals by 180. Oh, it was it was horrific. I had this on in the background, doing a little bit of study at the same time, and I didn't need to look up from my study too much to see what was going on. Yeah, not good. Um, I was just going to say we'll move on to the next game, and hopefully it gets better. It did it, not. It does not get nine better. goals Sydney. to zip in the first. No, nine goals to one. Oh, I think in the first quarter it was Sydney to Saints, uh, one hundred and twenty-six to fifty-five victory in the end. I mean, the fantasy scores weren't quite as big, but it j- looked like almost just as big a smashing in the end. Oh, it was absolute thumping. They were playing witches' hats at the end of the day, Sydney. So. You've got to feel for the uh, the Saints boys at the moment. Yeah, you really do. I mean, I, I don't really know what to, you know, to exactly put it down to. I don't know how to quite put my finger on it because going into last year or towards the end of last year, everyone was deci- trying to decide who was the better team, Melbourne or St Kilda. And it was split very 50-50. Yeah, it was very close. Because they have very good talent. Both of those lists have amazing talent. And, you know, the way we thought oh, that... I'd say Melbourne has much better talent yeah, well, now you say that, but and I you might have, have said it last, and year you might have been one of the guys who said it last year. But there were a lot of experts out there who said no, St Kilda has the better talented list. Mm. And so while you might have been on the the Melbourne fence, there were a lot who were saying I do have a soft spot for them. Though. Exactly, <laughs> you, you've got almost half of your keeper team is made up of demons players. This is true. Um, so <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really, do you look too closely into this result as well? Um, not really. I mean, I suppose... And we'll whip through it again, like yeah, we did with the last one. We will. 118 to Lance Franklin, but he's going to do that in a, uh, a downhill ski. Heaney got out of the Heaney zone. He did. He did. 118. But can we can we really take that? We can't <laughs> trust it. I mean, yeah. this bigger thumping, he only got 118. Still, that's a really good score. That's a, a great score for a forward. Um, yeah, not very good. Parker. Just like we can't trust this score from Parker. Feel like it's a trap. It's, of course, it's a trap, Matt. Don't trust this. Move. We move on. We've we've moved well past for this year at least. <laughs> just like we have with Josh Kennedy, who is also just a Venus flytrap of poor fantasy scores. Um, Callum Sinclair again having a good year. Having a we, great we probably year. can trust this one. Yeah. Oh, I, I think we can definitely trust this one because he's doing this in other games regularly as well. Yeah. Um, Jake Lloyd. I mean. I would have thought that Jake Lloyd would have been the one to get the highest score in this bigger smashing. You would have thought so. It would be tailor-made for him. Saints get it under pressure, bomb it long out of defence, someone marks and intercepts, hands off to Jake Lloyd who runs past. Exactly. Hambles it to someone else, gets it back, hambles it to someone else, runs off, gets a plus six mark. Maybe there wasn't enough pressure for his little one-twos. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, unfortunately, I, I would have thought in this bigger smashing, Jake Lloyd might have hit about 130 or something. I know that sounds, 
like big to expect, but it's just disrespectful to St Kilda. I know. I apologise. <laughs> um, and there were some pretty good other scores for draft guys as well. You know, McVeigh made ninety two and Cunningham eighty nine. Florent. What have you noticed? Yeah, Florent got a fantasy relevant score. He did eighty six because we love Florent on this on this podcast. Uh, I'm sure most of you out there know that by now. But I mean, he's he's just got. Some, he finally did something. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty solid score. 86. You're happy with that as a draft owner. Absolutely. And I don't think he'd be owned by many people. No, no, he's not. But as as a keeper owner, you know, it's something to just It might look be a at sign. Because he it was... wasn't a thumping, but... And he was playing almost pure wing and also a little bit on the half-back flank as mm. well. So those are very fantasy-friendly roles to be playing in. Hopefully, and they probably suit his game style as well, yeah. I think. Can hopefully do a lot more of that going forward. I mean, someone whose game style is just woeful at the minute is Dan Hanabry. 49 for Dan Hanabry. Jeez. No injury. No, no issue just, there. Just bad. I mean, he he really hasn't looked particularly fit all season. So <laughs> while he's, he wasn't injured in this game, yeah, he just doesn't look like he's playing like Dan Hanabry. Yeah. Looks like a, a clone, like a twin, uh, a clone or something like that of Dan Hanabry who had no introduction to football when he was growing up and has just come onto the pitch for the first time this year. Right. After that extended metaphor. Oh, that was a great metaphor. Explanation. It's not I was, a metaphor, it's more explanation. No, I, was, I was pretty happy with that, we'll mate. Move we'll on. move on to the Saints, who had no scores <laughs> over 100, unfortunately for them. The highest score was 97 from Tom Hickey, uh, who, even though Callum Sinclair performs very well fantasy-wise, he does give up some scores to the Ruckman he plays against. He does, yeah. Uh, particularly because, you know, he can give up a few hitouts, and Tom Hickey had 30 hitouts himself. Uh, and then it was the defenders a lot who scored pretty high, to Webster, be honest. Having a really good year. Um, Webster's been terrific. Draft only, not salary cap, yeah. but, and he'd be taken, but he is having a good exactly. year. Exactly. And then two of the young guns in defence, Bailey Rice and Logan Austin, they went mental in the mm. f- third quarter. And Logan Austin was being held back in a big way by Nathan Brown. In that first half, uh, okay, then, yep. Logan Austin could not get near the ball. He wasn't touching it. He wasn't getting those uh, intercept marks. He wasn't mm. getting those plus sixes from them kicking it backwards to him. Nathan Brown went off at half time, and his scoring went through the roof, and he ended up on yeah, 84. I noticed he was on a pretty low score early on and then just went berserk in the second yeah. half. So both Bailey Rice and Logan Austin actually benefited from Nathan Brown mm. being off the field. I hate saying that because you don't like to see players get injured. No. But it's just a fact. You know, sometimes roles can open up and you can get points. Yep. Um, yep. I've heard that um, Brown might be back this week. Though. It, he might, it wasn't my question. Yeah, so it's tough. It, we'll it, see. Uh, you have to keep them because they're just... Oh, yeah. Uh, they're playing at the moment. They're going to make you a lot of cash. And uh, just like Ed Phillips, who got an 83 as well and had scored almost nothing in the first quarter. I mean, where are we? Um, they don't have to buy this round, do they? So no, no, still... no, they're playing. So Logan Austin, his break-even is still negative 18. So, and he's playing Gold Coast. Huge, huge. Um, and Bailey Rice, negative 2 break-even. Mm. So, yeah, definitely keep them both. Absolutely. For sure. And, Enough said and maybe even look at getting a couple... Oh, Actually, I was going to say, look at getting a couple of Saints into your side, but no, I don't want no, any Saints in no. my side, even though they're playing Gold Coast this week. Ed Phillips, break-even of 20. Terrific. Also hang on to him. Good now, Jack Stephen got injured from memory uh, of some he? sort. No, I don't think he got injured. He just got tagged into the ground by Hewitt. Uh, Hewitt, maybe that was Hewitt destroyed Jack Stephen. 49. I, I saw an interview by Hewitt that said he, wasn't, he still wasn't comfortable with his role in the team as a tagger. As it, he didn't feel like uh, he was 100% confident going ahead. It's like, mate, you are one of the better taggers <laughs> in the league at the moment. It's probably you and Ben Jacobs at the moment. Yeah, so, he's smashing it. Mate, you should be as confident as anyone out there. Because right. So Jack Stephen was just bad. He was just bad. He was tagged into the ground. Uh, score of 49. Yeah, Nick Caulfield, not what owners would have wanted. Those who held him through mm. those three weeks that he was out. Only 54. Yeah, I mean, you have to hold him one more week to give you another score, and then you can trade him out the week after. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it wasn't that great from a, a St. Kilda point of view. Anyone else you want to touch on quickly? Uh, not really. No, we might move on to the uh, the first of the Sunday games, which I'll was... Very quickly say, yeah, yep. Caulfield's break-even is 57. <coughs> he should probably, or you would hope he'd make that against Gold Coast this week, but the week after, definitely got to move him on. 100%. Um, the next game, first of the Sunday games, was Bombers-Lions. Now, again, you know, Bombers sort of just held the Lions at bay, but this was a competitive match, and it was really good to watch, actually. 
Um, so, and there were some pretty big fantasy scores, which is always what us coaches want to see out there. Uh, we now no 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 two weeks no in a row he's backed up no no refuse to look at it I think it was ninety something last week one hundred thirty three this week I don't care the coaster is at its high point the coaster is at its are you jumping on board I am oh God I would not go on the stringer coaster if you paid <laughs> me it is we both own Jake Stringer at various points in our fantasy careers. Never again. Um, in keeper leagues, in draft leagues, whichever you want to take it. Never again. And he is just, oh, it's awful to own Jake Stringer because the highs are dizzying, but the lows are... So, so Oh, low. my God. You it's, think it's Billings awful. was bad? <laughs> oh, you haven't owned Jake Stringer if you think Billings is bad. So, word of warning, I know it is two good scores back to back. Yep. Um... He does have the buy this week, which will hopefully save some people from themselves from jumping on board. But he doesn't have the buy this week. He has. Oh yes, sorry, he, he does. does. Yeah. Exactly. For some for some reason, in my head instantly flashed to Jake Stringer being a Bulldogs player. I was thinking he's coming off the buy. That's impossible. He just played this week. Yes. So, but no, do not look at nope. Stringer. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> the buy is a perfect excuse to go. Just calm yourself down. Yeah. Calm yourself down. It's Jake Stringer. Walk away. Um, uh, Zach Merritt, this is what we want from Zach Merritt. This is what you've got to do, mate. Keep this up. Uh, David Myers, really solid score from him. Uh, he was one player that I was looking as a risk it for the biscuit this week. Uh, someone oh, yeah, to, someone to get you another solid score? Of course, he's got the buy this week. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to find good risk it's this week. Yeah, um, and then, you know, yeah, a bit of a drop-off from there. No, Michael Hurley with 97. He's just a really solid defensive scorer. Yeah. He's not someone I trust at the moment or going ahead for classic because okay. I'm I'm not sure what his best role is in the team. Um, Early this year, I think we were saying he was one of the top. Well, yeah, we were. But, I mean, he's only averaged prior to this 97. He was averaging 86.7 over his nine games. Yeah, he's it's not enough. A bit in and out with injury as well, yeah. from memory. It's it's just not enough. Uh, Devin Smith was a bit... I mean, 94 was okay, but he had his calf iced up. Yeah, and now hopefully quarter. that was precautionary. Um, and he has this week off now to rest it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, yep. he shouldn't miss any games. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, but, me neither. Uh, worst comes to worst, you know. Hopefully, it's just like a two or a three week. If like if that's the worst yeah, possible situation, and one of those is the bye weeks. So, exactly. So, and he is a top six forward at the end of the year. So, so you want to keep. If he's only missing one or two actual games, not including the bye round, you hang on. To you him. hang on to him. If he's missing any more than that, you might have to look at a stopgap measure in salary cap leagues. Uh, Mason Redmond. Red I mean, man. Yeah, I don't know where this guy came from. I don't even played, know who he is. No, he played a couple of games last year, I think, or the year before. Mm-hmm. 92 this week. He looked really good. But, I mean, just you know as a... role he played? Uh, it was a little bit off half-back, a little bit through... Oh, yeah, his heat map's pretty strong through half-back and on yeah. the wing. Um, I just get a really funny feeling that he could be the next Jordan Ridley. Someone who comes in, has a really great first game, gets a lot of people excited, yep. and then falls off after that. Yeah. And once again, might be a good thing that he has to buy this week. We can take stock, have a think about it, yep. because he was very cheap. He was 176k going into this round. Yeah. Um, so if he can do this one more time after the buy, geez, that's... He's going to make a lot of money, and we yeah. want a little bit more money to come trickling into our sides as we get closer to the finals still, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, Mac Guelphy was another uh, rookie who's still doing pretty well. Your boy. My boy. My boy Guelphy. I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was looking like my boy uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter. Did you almost, almost uh, fall out of love with Guelphy? No, nah, mate. I'm all in. I bought a bit of keepers. He's, uh, he's in my side. So he was on about 47 midway through the fourth quarter and got a goal and brought his score up to a respectable 65. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still got a fair bit of money to make. Unfortunately, he won't be on the park this week. Uh, Brendan Goddard, that's a, a really Ooh, poor yeah. score from him. He's been very up and down this season. I mean, I know yes. I was a big advocate at the you start of the year. You huge on him. Well, actually, uh, like just going back to Michael Hurley, he's averaged the exact same as Michael Hurley, 86.7. That's interesting. So, uh, so those Bombers defenders really aren't trustworthy at the moment. Like going forward, yeah, in I would have rather to be honest. No, no. But we were pretty big on Hurley as a as a pair, and yeah. I was pretty big on Goddard. So yeah. um, they'll yeah. both probably come out and crank out like one twenties next week or something. Yeah, exactly. just to prove us wrong. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, on the Brisbane side of the ledger, 
Uh, mm. Alex Witherden was awesome. I thought he was done for the day halfway through the game. He came off injured. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, looked like a knee, but it was just a knock, and he came straight back on basically five minutes off, and he just dominated 12 marks. Good player. Harris Andrews, 12 marks as well. He looked awesome. He had probably about 20, 25 spoils to go along with this, which don't get <laughs> reflected. He's an amazing defender. I mean, he's, he's really good. If he can... Gee, for keeper leagues, if he... Puts up a couple of the couple more of these games towards mm-hmm. as the year continues. I don't mind it going forward. Like if you're a really underperforming team this year, if you don't think you're going to make finals, I don't mind you putting him on your list in a few weeks' time if you can replicate this form after the buys. Interesting. I'm but, have a look at what his year's been like. Yeah, it's not been. It's really tough because I think he's averaging just a shade over seventy. Um, but he is still a very young defender. He. It would all be dependent on role because if he's playing a one-on-one key defensive role, he's probably not going to score so well. But if he can zone off and play almost that Jeremy McGovern role, he could be a really good depth defender and average close to 80. Yeah, so he's averaged 66 this year. Um, Going into this round, his highest score for the year was 84, which he'd managed twice. Mm -hmm. A lot of 60s, a lot of 40s in there as well. So Tough, yeah. I... It's you, a real you have lottery to, ticket. Well, no, watch, uh, watch for the rest of the year. Just keep an eye on it, and maybe he, you can watch list him for next year's draft. Very, That's very late in the I'd draft. I'd be more comfortable with that. Very, very late. But Believe obviously, watch, just watch his role, because if he's zoning off and taking this amount of marks, that could be interesting, because he did look very good if you watched the game. He looked incredible. Uh, Steph Martin's doing what Steph Martin does this year. Daniel mm-hmm. Rich had a solid game, and Dane Zorka, it's good to see him continuing to score well. You know, he's... He's working through a lot of tags. He's working through, uh, you know, people paying more attention to him, and he's still scoring quite consistently. Um, Alan Christensen gets a 99 after a negative three last week, so you know, why not 96 points over two weeks? Not too bad, mate. <laughs> um, and I noticed that one of your riskets was not quite there in Ryan Lester. Was that? No, he didn't really do a lot this week. No, that's unfortunate. So that's that's all right. That's all right for him. Basically, after Christensen, they really did fall away a little Mm, bit. They did. Um, And the ones that are there aren't really that... The big... Kind of a little draft relevant, maybe, but that's about it. The really big one for me was Dane Beams. Now, he was a player that a lot of people would have had as their uh, captaincy choice because, obviously, McRae out, Tom Mitchell out. People would have been searching for something a bit different. Dane Beams coming up against Essendon, who does give away scores. Runched by... Uh, No, that was Hepp I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Got crunched by um, Hodge. Yeah, that was, so that was a player we didn't mention from Essendon. He did get a uh, concussion and had to go off the field, so mm. don't read too much into that score. Um, yeah, Dane Beams just didn't look like he could find the ball. They were putting a good team effort into Dane Beams. And yeah, what Are you saying that a, a team tag actually worked? I know. I mean, that's probably the first time because I didn't see anyone stuck to him. Like, uh, I know David Myers spent some t- a little bit of time on him, and it looked like uh, Kyle Langford at one stage of the game was mm-hmm. running with him a little bit, which I think was another one of your riskers. Another risk who, also didn't do anything. Who just mix, missed out. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it's really, really, uh, really tough to say mm-hmm. because it just looked like he couldn't get his hands on the ball, to be honest. So uh, maybe a team, <laughs> a team for the first time worked. ever. Team defense works. Maybe, but it really sucks for people who would have got a only one hundred as a combined captaincy score from Dane yeah, Beams. Be pretty filthy about that. That hurts. Um, we'll move on to the next game, which was the uh, Dockers versus Crows. You would have loved this game. I would have if I was able to watch it. Oh, you would have loved this game because, as a diehard Frio Dockers fan, who <laughs> has just after. Uh, just having had my heart torn watching them against Collingwood the week before. Yeah, it wasn't great. They uh, they really showed a fair bit of the future, uh, the Dockers. A mm. lot of their younger players did incredibly well in this game. Yeah, Obviously, Sandy out, Fife out, the Hill brothers both out. Mm. This was a great win. Now, I will uh, put in there that Adelaide were missing probably eight of their best ten players or yeah. something ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, well, I think it was what two key forwards, two rebounding defenders, three first choice midfielders. It's, it was something ridiculous. <laughs> it was some I mean, ridiculous number. They, I did have an inkling, and I did tip the Crows in this game. Oh, uh, sorry, the Dockers in this game because I thought uh, Crows are reaching tipping point with these injuries. And when they lost Luke Brown as well, who was doing an amazing job on Michael Walters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought no, this isn't going to be great. 
Um, so the Dockers, uh, Adam, is it Chera or C- it's Chera? It's got- I'm going to say it's Chera, but I don't actually know. Yeah, I'm po- I hear all the commentators saying Chera, and I heard a commentator who wasn't BT saying Chera, so that gives me more confidence <laughs> that it is Chera. Um, so Chera was terrific. He was absolutely outstanding in this game, and he looks like he's going to be a great, solid player going forward. Yeah, I, he looks very mm. talented. But you have a lot of those on the Frio list. I mean, Connor Blakely was good. He's been very up and down this year, so I don't trust him this year. Yeah, I'm just having a look at his numbers. He has been all over the place. Mm. Um, 60s, 50s, more 60s. He's kind of been really good or really bad. Yeah. It's... Six, 50s and 60s or... 110 plus. He's Cade Simpsoning it, is what he's doing. Yeah, he he's, is, yeah. Except he's not quite hitting those massive heights of Cade Simpson. Oh, he's had a couple of big scores in there. Yeah, true. I think he got 130, 116, 119. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I suppose Cade's averaging just a shade under 100, though, with nice. I don't think you can roll with both of them. No. Um, and I take Cade over Blakely. Oh, in a heartbeat. Uh, Brennan Cox was awesome in this game. I mean, four goals, he was the, uh, the clincher. And yeah. I mean, tough to decide MVP between uh, Chera and Cox, but I would give it to Brennan Cox just because he, he kicked big goals. kick straight for once. Yeah, and he kicked big goals in big moments as well. Yeah. Um, Luke Ryan has been terrific this season for draft owners. Yep, uh, Ed Langdon bounced back from last week's poor score. Yes. Uh, which was really good to see Lockie Neal doing Lockie Neal things with 23 handballs and 9 kicks. <laughs> 32 <laughs> touches, only 101 points. <laughs> Thanks, Lockie. Uh, I mean, that's probably just going to be Lockie for the rest of his career, I would you say. I think so. I mean, he's probably just going to suffer with that. He's a pure inside midfielder. He's going to handball it a lot, doesn't trust his kicking. If he can change that up, he would be probably one of the best fantasy players going around. But until yeah. then, he's just mediocre. Uh, yeah. yeah, anyone else you want to talk about there? Um, Banfield, if he's still in anyone's team. Got a score in 82. You can yeah. hang on to him for a bit. Absolutely. Um, Apness was one of your riskets this week. Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't quite make it. But if you did bring him on because he was uh, like 180k or something last week, he did have a break even of negative nine. He obviously easily met that with 65, so yeah. you can roll with him a little bit longer. Just wait and see what's happening with Sandy Bear. Yeah, I, I have absolutely no idea, to be honest. Um, but I would suggest that considering Scott Jones only had 13 hitouts and a couple of disposals or five disposals, that Sandy comes in, Jones goes straight out, and yeah. uh, you know maybe Apness plays a more forward slash going into the ruck roll. Yeah, his break-even is neg 12, so um, now, 241k. Lots of money still to make. Yeah. Now, the big one I want to talk about quickly before we move on to the Queen's birthday clash is Michael Walters. Yes. Now, this hurts. This is a really, really harsh thing for fantasy coaches to deal with in the buys because Michael Walters was looking like a great player to have for the first two weekends of the buy. I came very, very close to bringing him in. I know. You almost brought him in and then you changed your mind to go to Ainsworth at the last minute, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Basically did, yeah. And Michael Walters, not only did he get a 60, so that's just a poor score to have on your field in the buys and might be one of the scores even, depending on who you have on your field, that is eradicated. My team's that bad, it's not. Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'm in the same boat. Um, But also, he's gone and got himself probably suspended for one week. Yeah, and he's not getting out of this one. He stomach stomach punched some guy and then headbutted another one, just starting fights for no reason. So the headbutt one, he didn't get done for, but the stomach punch one, I mean... It's pretty clear black and white. Those are, that's yeah. exactly what he did. He intentionally hit someone. It was low, medium impact or whatever it was in the gut um, or to the body. Yeah. He, he'll be done for a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I don't want to see that. So it just means that now he, he's only scored 160 for the buy rounds and he's missing the other two games. He's missing this week and he's got the buy in the third. That sucks. Get him out. I, I'm more than happy to say get him out this week because you'd rather have someone play at least one week in your side. Yeah, agreed. Uh, We'll move on then to the Queen's birthday match, Melbourne-Collingwood. You don't want to talk about um, Adelaide? Oh, sorry. I apologise. You're too used to them being the winner. Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, I'm I'm used to reading out Adelaide first. We will quickly go over Adelaide. They didn't have too many brilliant scores. Bryce Gibbs was one that we felt really confident in last week um, going forward. And he is still underpriced. So, uh, you know, I, he doesn't have the, the buy this week. He'll have the buy coming up next week. Tough to say bring him in this week because I don't like bringing in players yeah. midway through the buy who've I got one to come. wouldn't. But still, even then, after this week, 
he should still be pretty underpriced. Mm. Like, you should still be able to get him pretty cheap for what Bryce Gibbs can do. So, I'm a big fan of bringing him in. Uh, it, it falls off after there because Sam Gibson's a good deep draft guy. Yeah, so I'm just checking. He's only owned by 80% of Ultimate Footy Leagues. So, there's 20% of leagues where he is free. Sam Gibson. Sam Gibson. Mm. He's scored 84, 85, 93, and 94 since he's come back. So, oh, yeah. And he's playing... Um, Hawks next, who do tend to give up the odd score to your fringe guys. They so do. They do. If he's free in your ultimate footy league, jump on. Uh, Miles Paholke is someone that, uh, for some reason, a few teams still have rolling around. I think it's almost 11% owned. Paholke. Ghost teams, you think? Hmm? Maybe some ghost teams, yeah, but I do have a couple of guys in the office who have Paholke. Uh, they've just had him sitting on the bench and too and many other issues. to get rid of him yet. Exactly. It's almost a Billings issue. Yeah. Uh, that was great for him to come in and score 81. Really happy with that. Mm. Tommy D. Tom Doty has been one of my favourite cash cows for the year. He just seems to get a, a decent score or a really solid score every the time you need it. Every time he's getting to the point where you're like, I should really move him on soon. But he, he just, does this. He just gets one, resets his break even, and he just makes you a teeny bit more cash. He's got an 80. He's reset his break even. It means that he can play this week for you comfortably and you can get rid of him the next week knowing that he's pretty much cashed out. Agreed. I mean, that's awesome. That's exactly what you want your cash cows on your side for. Uh, Matt Crouch. He was, like Dane Beams, another one that a lot of people would have chosen as their captain this week. Mm. 67, just Is not enough. Fanfield? Uh, yeah, oh, oh, he got twenty five touches. Yeah, I, I'm actually not one hundred percent sure who was, who Banfield was on. Uh, but the other thing was Crouch got zero tackles, mm. and that's not like Matt yeah, Crouch. He's usually pretty good there. Yeah, and same can be said for Paul Seedsman. He was really poor in this game from a fantasy point of view with just sixty eight um, yep. and zero tackles from him as well. I know tackling isn't particularly his game, but he needs, so needs to get that mark tally a fair bit higher if he's yep. going to score well. And then um, last week, too, we spoke about the two next-tier inside mids mm-hmm. for Adelaide. Cam ellis I think we advised to move on. Yeah, we did. Um, his scores have been tailing off, and mm-hmm. he had another 51. So in your drafts, definitely drop him. Hugh right Greenwood, we, we sort of built him up last week after and four tons in a row. We, we put the Mozart on him. 50 points. Not good um, enough. Not good enough. Needs to rebound next week. Definitely. Um, so hopefully he can for you. But I'd keep him in your side. I reckon they'll bounce back. I would too. I think um, against, sorry, um, I reckon Greenwood will bounce back, not necessarily Camilla Shawman. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, we'll move on to the Queen's birthday clash now. Uh, maybe I was just too excited because there's some big fantasy scores in this, oh, yeah. as there always is with Collingwood. Um, I mean, they sell a game. Yeah, they just really comfortably won in the end. I only got to watch half of this and then read up on it uh, the second half. But yeah, no, I was at work, so I didn't get to watch any yeah, of it. They, it they yeah, just, it's not a public holiday over here, unfortunately. No, no, there isn't. Uh, not in uh, not in WA, but it was just comfortable in the end by Collingwood. So they had some big scores as they always do. Still side bottom leading the way with 121. Great mm. from him. Uh, Jordan Goey has been excellent this year for draft owners. He's had a couple of quiet weeks though. He like has, this, I think he's had a quiet fortnight leading into this one. So this would be good for his draft owners. Yeah, which is why I say draft owners particularly because, and particularly keeper owners. If you own him in the keeper league, you would be loving what this guy is doing because he will play more in the midfield in the future. He will build into it, yeah. And this will become the norm. Mason Cox, we move on. I think 114, he was very good, we move on, because that's not going to happen many other weeks. I think he'd only kicked six goals for the year coming into this match. so Almost doubled it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Adam Trelaw, uh, he's one of the keepers for the end of the year. He's great. Lock him him in your side. I think after this buy round, he's a guy you can definitely target. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it, uh, when it comes down to captaincy choice as well, Another big decision people were uh, choosing between was Gro- uh, Grundy or Gorn. Yes. I went with Gorn myself. As did I. The poor the correct answer was neither of them. Yeah, but well, to be honest, I mean, Brody Grundy with 101, you're pretty happy with that as your captain. You're not ecstatic. No. But it's much better than the 82 Gorn goal. Grundy comfortably beat Gorn in the Ruck contest. Uh, mm-hmm. 38 hitouts, which I actually thought Gorn would comfortably win the hitout yeah, contest. Yeah, me too. Um, Grundy might get him around the ground, but I thought Gorn would beat him by 10 or so taps. Uh, but no, Grundy was just terrific, and it's just proving that he... I mean, for me, Grundy is the All-Australian Ruckman so far this year. He's beating Gorn. Yeah, uh, I can't argue with that. And not only that, but Gorn, Grundy is the best fantasy Ruckman this year. Come 100%. So, 
I mean, the guy's just terrific. I mean, I hope you're looking at getting him into your side at some point soon, Matt. I would love to. For Goldstein. I would love to. <laughs> he, would, he would be quite expensive, I would imagine, though. Um, yeah, he is actually about 100. And, you know, it's actually frustrating. I've got Goldstein. Yeah. So I'd love to move him on this week. <laughs> but the two best options are probably Grundy and Steph Martin, who both also have the buy this round. Oh, that's tough. That's so tough. So it's, you don't even have the uh, the comfort of him having the buy. You could you could just go all out and go cruiser. Just say fuck it, I'm going to get him, Matt Cruiser. No one else has him. He's a POD, no, no, but he's better than Goldstein. Doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't, does it? Um, Jack Crisp has been very very good since his poor start Ooh, to the year. Should we do the um, the halfback run around? Yeah, we should quickly halfback run around at Magpies. Ninety nine, very good from him. Chris Main, ninety one. Yeah, Jeremy Howe, ninety. Yeah, so Chris Main, this was his week to have a pretty solid week. Mm. Um, although Langdon, eighty. Yep. Yeah, um, you're pretty happy with that as a draft owner. Uh, who else is there? It goes down from there. Matty Scha- 51 yeah. and Scharenberg 48. Scharenberg, this was his week to have a bad week because he was played key as defender. a pure key defender. He was on Tom McDonald almost the entire game. And if you... I mean, it's really hard because Collingwood won this game comfortably. Tom McDonald won this matchup by a mile. I mean, yeah. he kicked six goals. But when Collingwood are winning by so much and then Scharenberg's not doing so well, it means that they're not forced to make the change and free Scharenberg up from that role. On the other hand, it also means they're not going to drop him. No, so it's, yeah, you're you're really stuck because I don't like seeing a player who has such big fantasy potential stuck in a key defensive post role. I agree with that. But Um, the other player who just really wasn't up to this game was Tom Phillips. And he was someone that a lot of people would have been thinking to bring in this week. 61 points from him after mm. going on his tear of averaging 120+. plus. Now, I think last week we advised against bringing him in because uh, he was just did. still wasn't quite... didn't quite have the runs on the board yeah, from I, a consistency perspective. I, I always said that um, over the past couple of years, he is an amazing guy to own in drafts. He is yep. fantastic because you're, you're in a redraft league, you're likely to have picked him up quite late yep. and he's doing... Very good job at averaging a really good amount. Um, and, and as a keeper league, you know, this guy's going to be great in the future. But he, it's not quite his time in salary caps yet, I don't think. Not quite, I agree. I reckon next year or the year after, yeah. more likely. 100%, because he is still a very, very outside player. Um, yep. So 61 wasn't quite enough, and people who did bring him in might have some thinking to do, because he's not going to be going yeah. up too He's got to buy this round, yeah. so I can't check his break even. Yeah, it's really, really tough. Um, uh, player that did really well was Jaden Stevenson. Mentioned him quickly at the start of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So he's got a 96. He's reset his break-even, essentially. <clears throat> yes. But he's got the buy this week. If he's still got a little bit of money to make, say, for example, if he's got 40 to 50K to make, is it worth keeping him in your side for uh, over this buy or just ditching him, like, in your opinion? Uh, I think it depends on how many other things you have to do. Mm. I think this is going to be the tough buy round for everyone. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so there are going to be guys that you don't move on, that you are forced to hold. Mm-hmm. He might be one of those guys. Yeah. Well, his break even heading into this game was uh, close to 88. Um, it's He's hit that with 96. He wouldn't have reset it too, too low. No, no, he wouldn't have. So you can feel comfortable knowing that he's just made you a teeny bit of cash and you can get rid of him this week, still at a pretty high amount. So I believe he's almost 450k, somewhere around that. He's 432k. There you go. He plays Carlton in his game back, so that will be hopefully fairly juicy for him. And he is still owned by 16% of teams. Yeah, well, I'm one of those teams, so I've got a tough call to make. And for me, I'm probably leaning towards getting rid of him because he has made you enough money at this point. I don't think he's got much more to make, and he is a cash cow. So even though you can say, you know, oh, he could make a lot against Carlton, he could very easily also get a 45 or a 50 because he's... And then lose what he's made. Exactly. He's just a rookie. Um, So my advice would be to move him on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll move on to the demon side of the ledger, shall we? Uh, Clayton Oliver was the, actually the highest scorer for the game, and he was yeah. everywhere. He 10 was, tackles, 31 touches. Nice little snag at the end of the game as well. Mm. He was terrific. So, uh, yeah, again, he's a draft guy. He's not quite there for Classic not just yet. Not quite. In years to come, oh, yeah. he will be, but he's probably still a couple of years away from that consistency. Right? Agreed. Interesting point of difference, though. If he was your eighth midfielder, I don't overly mind it because I mean you're you're going pretty loose yeah true but I always like there to be an 
that one player on the yeah, end of point your of difference, list yeah. who is a point of difference because otherwise, if if you're coming into a finals matchup, uh, there'll always be one or two players, maybe three or four or something like that, yeah. who are slightly different in your teams. And I think Clayton Oliver is one of those players who could just give you a kick. Yeah. Um, yeah. He could lose you the game, but he could win you as well. It's a risk. And we do love a good risk on this podcast. This is very true. Uh, Tommy McDonald was amazing. Like we said, he smashed the Shamsburg matchup. He's having a good year. He's having a terrific year. What's he averaging? He's averaging over 96 for the for his games for the year. Yeah, he's... Is he salary cap worthy? No, I mean, he's a no. gun in draft. Oh, jeez. Oh, I say no, um, and he's just benefiting from Melbourne's run, but Melbourne have just been beaten, and he's still scored 114. Is he a... Dual position in salary cap. Uh, I think he's a defender in um, in salary cap. You would think wrong. He is a defender forward. Oh, so he is a dual position player for six hundred and forty eight thousand, averaging ninety nine points. Six hundred and forty eight thousand in a forward or a defensive position is almost premium amount. It is premium. So, so you bring him in as a premium. Yeah, you're bringing him in and keeping him. You're not bringing him in as a guy who's doing very well at the moment and he's no. going to make you cash. So that's your decision to make. If you like Tom McDonald and you want to keep him in as a point of difference in your side, I like it. I like a good risk, but otherwise, <laughs> it's a pretty big risk. No, that is a big risk. Uh, Jordan Lewis had one of his good games for the year in terms of fantasy, but in terms of the game, he just looked slow. I don't know how many more years Jordan Lewis has in him, but he was just beaten for pace by the Collingwood forward line. Yeah. Um, I think he, Stevenson was on him a couple of times and just trounced him in the uh, the one-on-one running matches. Um, and then it does sort of fall off from there, aside from uh, Bailey Fritch, who is the best one Bailey. Bailey. Number one Bailey. We don't really have a Bailey watch this week because, of course, the Bulldogs were off. Um, and they're pretty much half the Baileys. And they are half the Baileys. So Bailey Fridge continues to be the best Bailey. He wasn't having a great first quarter, and he really broke his way into a good score towards the end of the game. So it was great to see. And he's, I mean, keep him in your team. He's got the bye this week, which is yep. tough. Oh, actually, do you? Oh. What? He's had a pr- he's had a pretty good run, and he's got in a ninety nine in a Melbourne. Well, here's the question: If you've got Stevenson and Fridge, you get rid of Stevenson first, of course. Agreed. But if you've got Fridge and not too many other things to deal with, Fridge has made a lot of money, like mm. a lot of money. He's got a little bit more to make. If you consider, or would you consider Fridge to be a top six forward, like maybe a sixth highest averaging forward at the end of the year? Because Jeez, I don't know. Yeah, um, that is a good question with Fritch because he has gone on a massive tear. Since. Let me have a look at his numbers. Yeah, have a have a quick look at that. I might just uh, move on from him quickly while you do that because obviously we talk about Max Gorn wasn't quite up to it this week. Uh, Charlie Spargo was good to see. He had a zero point first quarter. He got a forty six point second quarter. Uh, Back in the game, good, good stuff. He met his break even seventy points. Uh, so I think this is the week, though, with the Demons having the buy, you can comfortably get rid of Charlie and know that he's made you the money that he was going to make you at the start of the year. So he's done his job. Um, you found the Fritch numbers? I have. So since he came back into the side, he's gone 88, 91, 89, 96, 76, 126, and 99. So he, he hasn't done quite as well as I thought. I thought he'd had more scores over 100, but he's only had one big 126. So... With that being the case, I don't mind the idea of you getting rid of Bailey Fritch this week if you don't have too many other things to do because he's made a ton of money. You can move him straight up to a... Like, if you yeah. don't own Toby McLean yet... You need to. Toby McLean has just come off his buy. You can almost do that with just hundred you know, twenty k or something like that. So Fritch is 566 mm-hmm. and McLean is... Some reason I think seven twenty or something like that, but it might be seven thirty eight. Seven thirty eight. So you need a couple of hundred grand. Yeah, or one hundred and fifty. Yeah, one hundred and fifty or one hundred and eighty grand. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of thing you should be doing this week, in my opinion. Fritch is run home isn't as good as some other guys we've looked at either. Yeah. So yeah, um, some poor scores from some other players who would be guys in draft leagues. Jesse Hogan had his first real down game. He was incredibly well held by Dunn, mm. uh, and he just couldn't get a hold of it in the midfield when he went into there. Uh, Petrarca was well held, couldn't get much of the ball. Angus Brayshaw was a huge disappointment for a lot of people out there. Yeah. I think he'll bounce back when he comes back after the bye, though. So it's just, he didn't have much luck. And just like Melbourne didn't for most of this game, to be honest. And yeah. I think that's all the uh, Demons players I want to talk about, unless you can spot anyone else there. 
Hibbert's back to being bad. Oh, Hibbert's been bad the whole year. <laughs> what do you mean? He had like a good month and now he's back to being <laughs> he had shit. Two, he had two good games from memory. <laughs> he had two hundreds and he had two eighties. Oh, yeah, so that's all right. That's not too bad. Yeah, but now he's back to being, he's back bad. To being bad. Classic Hibbo. Um, well, what we're going to do is we're going to break the podcast into two parts here. So mm-hmm. join us again in part two where we'll go over your questions and, of course, play Risk It for the Biscuit for another week.